We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Miles Michaelis, and you're listening to Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line does roll on a gray bar sports open line here on a Monday night. We're counting down to Thursday, opening day coming up. We're going to be doing mostly Cardinals between uh, now and then. We're very happy to welcome back onto the program. You read him at uh, stlsportspage.com. He is the Cardinals beat writer for stlsportspage.com. Rob Rains joins us. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Rains. Rob, always appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you? My pleasure, man. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, Jordan Walker makes the team. Uh, it's not a surprise. He played really well in spring. I guess the better question is, what significance does this have for this organization that Jordan Walker's ready to make his major league debut right now? Well, I think it's two things. Number one, it's it's a credit to the Cardinals for recognizing his talent, you know, in the draft and drafting him and, and preparing him to be in the big leagues after what, just you know, a year and a half in the minor leagues, basically when you count the COVID summer of twenty twenty. So, you know, he's he's progressed very quickly and that's a credit to, to his talent. It's also a credit to the Cardinals for recognizing that and promoting him. You know, they could have very easily said, Well, you know, we need, want to give him a little more seasoning at triple A and nobody could have really questioned that and, and sent him down to start the season and yet they, they didn't and now he's gonna play and I think the significance of how he plays is going to be felt by the impact of, of on other players because they, they didn't bring him up here and put him on the opening day roster to, to play, you know, once a week. I mean, he's going to play, you know, four out of five days, I would predict, and that means that somebody else is not going to be playing. So that's going to be the trickle-down effect is, is how the competition for the, the playing time among the other spots in the in the outfield as well as, you know, sometimes at the DH spot. The conversation before the decision was made was always – the Cardinals are not going to put him on the opening day roster unless they feel like not only is he ready to contribute on opening day, but he's ready to contribute and be part of this team and not be on a yo-yo between St. Louis and Memphis. Where do you think the Cardinals' confidence level is at right now that he is going to be able to stick at the big league level? Well, I think it's pretty high. I mean, I, I don't think it's it's a it's a given. I mean, we've seen a lot of places. I mean, Nolan Gorman had to go back down last year. I mean, there's historical examples all over the place of guys who ended up in the Hall of Fame that didn't stick their first go around. Willie Mays, for example, you know. So so if he does struggle bit and has to go down for a little bit of triple A play at some point in the season. I don't think it's the end of the world. And I don't think you give up on him as a, as a great prospect if that happens. But saying that, I think he's got the ability to hit well at this level. He's, he's got the one thing I think that he's got, which is probably unusual for a 20 year old kid and maybe even for any aged rookie as they get to the big leagues is he's got that ability to have a really good game and then have a really bad game and act exactly the same way and never let that one bad game roll into two or three bad games. I mean, to me, one of the most significant statistics that he had last year at Springfield was he never went more than two games in a row without a hit. I mean, I, I know that that's double A, that's not the big leagues, and he's probably going to go longer than two games in a row with the big leagues without a hit. But but that just shows to me that he's not just a home run guy. He's He's got the ability to make contact. He's got the ability to make adjustments. He's a very smart kid. He's you know, very level-headed, and I think he's he's got all the all the confidence in the world as well as the ability in the world to make this work. It's um, it's going to be fun. Like you've covered this team for for so long, 
Who was the last prospect for you that had as much hype around him as Jordan Walker has right now? Well, Tavares had a lot. Yeah. I mean, Oscar Tavares had a lot. And he's he's certainly the best hitting prospect the Cardinals have developed since Tavares and probably maybe even a bit better than Tavares. So so you probably go back to Pujols. I mean, you know, but then again, the Pujols thing was a little bit different because he came on so quickly that, you know, you've had two and a half years basically to get to know Jordan Walker if you follow the Cardinal farm system. You know, I mean, I know the half year of 2020 didn't really count because he was in the alternate side camp, but the last two years, certainly, you know, everybody could follow his on the field progress. So the pools came along so quickly that, you know, that one spring training in 2001 was basically his coming out party, you know, and he was right there, jumped on the scene. So probably before that, probably Rick Ankiel was probably the guy that everybody was, was so hyped about at that point, uh, 23 years ago now, I guess it was, or more that he's, that he came up and, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's how rare this is for, for a kid this age with this much talent to burst on the scene like that. All season long or off season long, John Mosellock and company said that the door was basically open for Jordan Walker to, to make the team. They did not close anything off and they followed three on that. You got another guy in Taylor Motter who plays, plays his way onto the team and it didn't look like nobody was talking about him being on the opening day roster when spring training got started. Do you think players both internally and externally notice that the Cardinals seemingly do reward uh, good play with spots on the roster? Oh, I think you have to know. So, I mean, it's, it, this organization has always been, or at least in my memory, has always been a player development driven organization. They like to, you know, they like to draft their own players. They like to promote their own players when they can. And, and obviously, you're going to fill in with a Goldschmidt and Arenado at, at some points along the way. But you know, the Michaelis is a free agent. You know, those kind of guys. But by and large, they like to promote their own talent. So I think everybody knows that about the Cardinals. I think Myers' situation a little bit different. Obviously, a minor league free agent they signed to provide basically to provide depth at, at Memphis. He he had a really good spring, which helped his cause, but I think that the entry to the young is what really kind of opened the way for him to be on the roster because they just felt it wanted to have a little more confidence in their infield depth other than just having Brendan Donovan as the only you know guy who would float among those different infield positions. So I think you know it was a combination of both of those things that led to, to led to modern making the team. Do you have any concern about Jack Flaherty's spring performance, or do you just write it off yeah. as being it's spring and some guys just don't perform during the spring? Ask me in a month from now. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I can't answer that. Yeah, I, you, we look at the numbers, and they're not very good. I mean, he had spots, you know, starts that were okay, and, you know, that he said that he felt fine, which is the, the best encouraging thing is that he says he feels fine and that he's throwing, the velocity is, is fine. So, you know, you got to be encouraged about those two things. But, yeah, the, the actual results and the amount of hits he gave up and, you know, the ERA and things like that are not, not good. So maybe it is a matter of him not really um, – putting it all together in spring training and not really worrying about the results in spring training other than being healthy. So that's why I don't know whether to be alarmed by that yet or not. Opening day is such a special day in St. Louis. Do you think people are kind of taking a step back? Because last year, opening day was coming off of a a labor situation, and there was still excitement, but for some people there was upset about it, and scheduled opening day didn't happen. It was kind of a weird scheduling quirk the way it worked out, and all the COVID years before that. I mean, this is our first normal standard opening day in a good number of years. Yeah, since 2019. and So I I do think it's probably a little bit, you know, people are kind of, I don't want to say skeptical a little bit, but I think they are kind of let's get the season going and get back to normal. I do think I did see a difference. I'll say at spring training this year, though, I thought things were back to normal at spring training as far as the attendance will go, as far as the fan interest goes. So I think you're going to see just as good an effect of, of once the season gets started on Thursday of people being really into this team because I think it's going to be a really good team too. So I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of interest in this team, and I know there are people still 
thinking about the labor situation, still thinking about COVID, but I think by and large, uh, you know, we've moved past all of that. Finish you off with this. Who's the second best team in the NL Central? I still think it's Milwaukee. Okay. And I just just because of the pitching, you know, I don't think their offense is as good as it's been the last few years. But when you got, you know, you can run Burns and Woodruff and those guys out there. I know they've had some injuries too, but to me, that's I, I still think you have to beat Milwaukee to win the division. Fair enough. He's Rob Rains. You read him at stlsportspage.com. You follow him on Twitter at Rob Rains. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time. We really do appreciate it. My pleasure. See you Thursday. All right. Very good. There's Rob Rains joining us here uh, on the program, and uh, yeah, he he says. Uh, I was just actually texting with a with a friend of mine who still lives in uh, Wisconsin, and we were giving our projected NL Central predictions. And mine is Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Pirates, Reds. And my friend who lives in Wisconsin was Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, Brewers, Reds. So there are some folks out there who think even less of what's going on uh, in in Wisconsin than what I do. I just, but again, it's there. There is a possibility. There is a, and I'm not just trying to, you know, poke out the chest here on on the Cardinals flagship station. There is a possibility that there is not two teams from the NL Central that are above 500 this year. There is a possibility, a distinct possibility, that the second place team, whether it's the Cubs, whether it's the Brewers, whether it's the Pirates, whoever, it's not going to be the Reds, probably not going to be the Pirates, um, whoever it ends up being, that they don't even get. To 500. It's just, it's not a very good division. Uh, those teams, especially if they get off to slow starts, you would think that they're going to start selling some pieces at some point in time because the teams in the East and West that spent money this offseason and get off to a little bit of a slower start than they would like, you would think that they might be looking at buying in the early going. Just throwing that out there. Uh, we talked Jordan Walker. We talked Taylor Motter. A couple guys who play their way on to the opening day roster. A couple guys who are coming from different spots and doing that. Both spoke with the media over the course of the weekend after finding out that they would be on the opening day roster. We'll pass along comments from them coming up in just a moment. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're back with more in just a moment right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.